Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Shannon coming to you for one of the very last times in 2020. And I am here with an author interview. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to chat with author KJ Dallantonia. And we talked about her first novel, which is called The Chicken Sisters. Um, we also talked about her journalism career, about restaurants, reality television. It was just a lot of fun. So before we get into the interview, I want to, first of all, wish each and every one of you a very happy holiday season from all of us here at Book Bistro. We hope that your holiday is full of good things, good health, and safety. And now we will transition into the usual housekeeping information and then we will move right on into the interview with KJ Delantonia here on Book Bistro. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am joined by author KJ Delantonia, who is going to talk with us about her most delightful book entitled The Chicken Sisters. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So can we start out by having you give listeners a little bit of an introduction to the Chicken Sisters? I will do my best. I keep telling myself someday I will write a book that can be like encapsulated in, you know, one great sentence. But uh, I haven't I haven't done that this time. But that's actually fun because it means there's lots of plot and lots going on here. So the Chicken Sisters is the story of two sisters who grow up in a small town in Kansas. They are the daughters of a woman who runs one of the two fried chicken restaurants in the town. Those two fried chicken restaurants were started by sisters in late the late 1800s and have been essentially feuding ever since. Um, and the sisters, the today sisters, basically raised themselves because their mom's got her issues. She's struggled with the chicken restaurant and with a lot of other things. And as they grow up, one is determined to just get out of there. All she wants is to leave the small Kansas town behind, erase her entire past and create a new life for herself in New York. She does that. She's got 
a family. She's got two adorable children. She's got a beautiful Instagram ready life and a job as a co-host of a reality TV organizing show, which is exactly the opposite of how she grew up. She is set as the book begins. Her sister goes a totally different direction and marries the son of the other fried chicken restaurant, which is much more successful, run by a uh, more solid uh, family, at least in Amanda's eyes, and she thinks that that's going to be her route to happiness, but her husband dies fairly early on in their marriage, and she's left a widow with a couple of kids running a fried chicken restaurant with her mother-in-law, and it is not what she had expected. So, Amanda reaches out to a reality TV competition that has competing restaurant pits, competing restaurants against each other. The prize is a hundred thousand dollars to Amanda. That's going to help her get out from underneath the chicken restaurant and start a new life for herself. Um, when her restaurant wins, but to her mother who has to be the competing side, it's a chance to get her daughter home and to may the other sister Uh, It's a chance to get her life back because she, in an interval that I did not tell you about, uh, lost her lost her job and is fighting with her husband and trying to figure out how to to that perfect life that she's been creating on Instagram felt like a reality. But now it's looking like an illusion. So she comes home to the small town and off in a massive competition between sisters and between chicken restaurants, all manipulated by Uh, a very entertaining reality TV show host who turns out to be sort of working behind the scenes to make everyone be their very worst selves. So I really dislike reality TV in real life. (laughs) Like I'm not a person who watches it, but I think it is wonderful in books. And so I was so happy when I read the synopsis for the Chicken Sisters to see that it was kind of set against the backdrop of this TV show. So that that is my first sort of um, comment to you that I just I think that's an ingenious. I love it in books, too. I adore it. I will read anything, you know, like uh, recently, uh, One to Watch, Big Summer. Those were both set in yes. reality TVs. Oh, I just read a great one called Spoiler Alert. It wasn't royal, reality TV, but it had a Comic-Con and the, the people in it wrote fan fiction, which so it, it sort of had the same feel. Anyway, um, the reason I think that reality TV works so well in fiction is that what the, the root story of fiction is often, I am a character who thinks one thing will ha- make me happy. Then something happens, and now I learn that something else is what will make me happy. That's also the root of most essay writing, incidentally, and and, uh, I'm sort of super excited to have discovered that. But the thing about reality TV is that it's often sort of competitive, and you often, I think, as a contestant or, or as a participant, think that you can create an illusion about yourself for the cameras, because after all, you know the cameras are there, right? So you should be able to to control it. But we can really only control our true selves for so long. And especially if you're on a competitive <laughs> program, there's somebody out there like my host who's trying to make sure that whatever sort of your root, inner, darkest, deepest, ugliest reason is for being there, 
they want that to show. And so in fiction, <laughs> it's really beautiful to have characters who are actually making your characters do the dumb things without which they would never discover, you know, what it is they need to learn about themselves to have a happier life. I think that's true. I don't know that I've ever really like thought it out in quite that way. Just to say, I didn't like, oh, until I started know, why writing. Why do I love these types of books? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I suppose I never that thought about it until good, I started to a talk good about motivation. Books. Yeah, it's a great motivation, <laughs> and it's just, um, and it, and it's and it's fun, and also you know it's it can be. I think it's hard to watch because when it's because it can be ugly and it's hard sometimes to see a person sort of scrape down accidentally to that deep, dark part of themselves that they did not want to show on camera. I mean, that, that actually hurts, but when we're reading, we can, we can take it in a different way. I think we know that it's going to be the best thing for the character that we're reading about in the end. Well, and I think like some of the things that we see on TV are things like, you know, the bachelor, where yeah. you're supposed to, you know, like have a relationship with this person who you only know because of the TV show. And that has always just sort of not been something that I enjoy, except apparently in the pages <laughs> of a book. Well, in the pages of a book, you can <laughs> and hear. I, and this is this is the thing about real. This is one of the things that sort of got me interested in writing about it. Um, there is a particular real housewife. Uh, of New York. Her name is Carolyn Radziwill. Carolyn Radziwill. I've been trying to remember her last name all morning. So Radziwill, and she is like Kennedy adjacent, and she had a happy marriage, although I think that, I think it, I think she was widowed at some point. Um, But she's like a war correspondent, and a reporter, and a writer, and she has this real career, and I would sit and when I found out she was on, like, I admired her for other reasons. And I found out she was on The Real Housewives. I had to tune in because I was just like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> why are you here? What? Yes. What about this attracted you? Like, what seemed like a good idea? Was it, you know, is it financially remunerative? Or, you know, did a friend talk you into it? There's got to be a reason, right? And I guess the great thing about a book is that you can hear the person's reasons and also see the ways that those reasons are maybe not going to serve them. Yes. Yes. So did you come up with a title for this book? I actually originally just called it chicken, like chicken, which I kind of like because, because, (laughs) because they're, they are chicken. Like they're, they're, and they're playing chicken. And of course they're eating chicken, but uh, the chicken sisters became, it just became kind of obvious. We, we kept calling the restaurants that and, and um, yeah, just, it became clearly the right title as we, as we went on. I think I was thinking of Jane Smiley's Moo. I was like, well, if Moo can be a book uh, title, yes. chicken can be a big title, book title, right? So, but I like the way it turned out. We used to have a very small kind of organic restaurant um, not too far from where I live, and it has the marvelous name of Moo Cluck Moo. <laughs> and it's a chicken and hamburger place, and it's this I like teeny tiny that. restaurant. I don't think it's there anymore. Yes, but it, I always laughed at its name. <laughs> when you great, say that about the chicken, it, it does name. make me think of it. It is. 
So what prompted you to write this? Like, is this something that's been kind of percolating in your mind for a while? Or did you just like suddenly get hit with the inspiration for it? Or just kind of what was your process to sit down and actually bring this to life? So there are two competing fried chicken restaurants named Chicken, actually Chicken Annie's and Chicken Mary's in a small town in southeastern Kansas where both my parents grew up. And I spent my entire childhood traveling back to Pittsburgh or Frontenac, which is, there's two small towns right there, actually, um, and eating only at Chicken Annie's because that's the way that it worked and wondering vaguely (laughs) about these restaurants, although not enough to actually do anything about learning about them. So they stuck in my head forever. I mean, there's got to be a story there, story there, right? So as I, when I turned to writing fiction, that I had always meant to write something that centered around those fried chicken restaurants. And the more I got into it, the more excited I was to write about Kansas, which is not a place that shows up in fiction super often, at least not in a good way. Um, And also, yeah, there's a lot of just, you know, family's at the heart of every really good story to me. And you just knew there was some family story there. Now, at some point while I was writing, my mom was like, do you want me to tell you the real story of Chicken Annie's and Chicken Mary's? And I was like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Absolutely do not tell me the real story. So I still don't know the real story. I know it's not this one. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if you will be disappointed if you ever learn it. <laughs> I probably can't avoid it. <laughs> Enough people know, and I have since like they, they've. Um, I've you know I've looked them up. Of course, they're totally still there. Uh, they apparently are now run by the same family. They were not when I was a kid. So something has happened there, and they actually did compete in a reality TV show at some point during the last couple of decades, which I think I kind of knew in the back of my head. So that probably fed the idea as well. I love that. I don't know. So you have written. Oh, well, that seems like an important um, detail that I should find out. would be good to know at some point. So you wrote nonfiction before this. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Lots of it. Lots of it. So do you have a preference now that you've written both? Like, is one kind of more comfortable for you than the other? Well, I'm definitely in a fiction place right now. Uh, I think, so I've always wanted to write fiction. This has always been the intent, you know, since I was that eight, nine, ten-year-old clutching uh, you know, clutching a book and spending 75 cents on a new Trixie Belden at Kmart, which will date me dramatically, but that's what, or, you know, spinning the, the, the thing at the, at our library, all the Nancy Drews were in one spinner. And so you would spin it in the oh. hopes of finding one that you had not already read, which eventually it was read them all and there were possible no after a yes. while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if, ever since being that kid, I really wanted to write fiction. And I think that, Uh, My journalism career was in many ways avoiding how hard it felt to write fiction, although journalism is also super hard. So so the question was, which one do I like better? Right now, fiction. But I also, I mean, I loved, I definitely loved my career at the New York Times. It was great and great training. And I like writing that way too. I just don't feel like right now, I think I said it all. I mean, I wrote, you know, hundreds of articles and hundreds of essays and an entire book about parenting and 
and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think I'm just, I'm, I, I may have said everything I have to say at the moment. So when you switched and started writing fiction, did it actually feel difficult to you at the time? Or once you got started, did it end up being less difficult than you expected? It's not difficult for me to sit down and write because that's been the job for so long. So I got that going for me. What I did not know was how to, to structure a story. I did not understand that there are sort of certain rules that you, not rules, but there are just certain expectations that a reader has about when things will happen in a book and how quickly and how much other backstory they're going to learn along the way. And I needed help with that. So first of all, I, I, well, first of all, I wrote a really, 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 really long, complicated, messy draft. And then I started trying <laughs> to figure out uh, how to turn that into something I could actually um, use to try to find an agent and, and try to put out there. So my first step, and, a, and it was a good one, was to analyze other books that were similar and try to figure out, well, how much time did they really spend like on the beginning? And how does this And read books about story? And some of those are fantastic. I love them. And then eventually I actually signed on with, uh, she calls herself a book coach. I would call her de a developmental editor because it's a little bit more descriptive of what she does. But she just, um, you know, helped me find the core of what I had written and then make sure that everything fit around that. I, I, I had easily written three books around, around this. There's a whole, there's a whole side story about one of the teenagers that um, really just didn't belong in there and a lot of backstory. And it's just, it was too long. It was too much. I needed to get to the point and I needed help learning that, which is actually, I guess, a little funny for a journalist, but once you start making things up, man, you just you just keep going if you're me, I guess. <laughs> so was the editing process then kind of more challenging than the actual like sitting down and putting words on the page? It was for me in that draft and actually in the next thing that I wrote, too, in part because I had not figured out like I knew where I wanted to start. In the Chicken Sisters in particular, I couldn't have told you what the book was about on a deeper level until, oh, until okay. way after I had finished reading it. And um, if you have some inkling of that as a writer while you're writing, it is much easier to make sure that everything that happens, because things, that's how books need to work. And that's how all stories need to work. I mean, you know, Star Wars is about... I mean, the, the original, the, the you know, number four or whatever, it, whatever it is. I mean, that's or Harry Potter. Those are about, uh, you know, uh, finding yourself, finding your the strength to be the hero that you were born to be. And so everything in them is either people who have found their strength or who haven't found their strength or who have made the right choice with their the wrong choice with their strength or whatever. Everything in them, you know, is about that. Uh, if you know a little bit about what it is you're you're trying to say as a novelist as you're writing it's not like you're writing along going and i will make eyeglasses the symbol of vision through this entire that would be really <laughs> awful 
But to have an idea that, you know, what you're writing about is like the courage to be happy when things are bad. Uh, there's a Catherine Center book re- recently that I can tell you right now, that's what that book's about. It's about the courage to ha- be happy when things are very, very sad. And I don't know if she knew that the whole time she was writing. I'm guessing that she did because every single thing in that book is about that. And that doesn't mean it's not a great story. It doesn't mean she's like banging that home constantly. Anyway, it's way easier if you have some inkling of that before you start, instead of, as I did, writing, you know, a couple hundred thousand words and then going, oh, this is about everything that every essay I have ever written in my entire career and all my nonfiction is about, which is how hard it is to figure out what will make you happy. <laughs> I, I swear I might have written the next draft of a whole next book before I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is all about the same stuff. That's my topic. We'll see. Now you know. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. That and mothers and daughters, and I don't so know why. So the chicken sisters. <laughs> oh, mothers and daughters. Yes. Yep. So the chicken sisters was selected as the Reese Witherspoon December pick, which I think is amazing. It is. And it, it's just it's it's just such an amazing list of, of things to be included in, especially for your first novel. So I, I extend huge congratulations to you for Thank that. You. It's that is wonderful. Really... Yeah, it's absolutely fairy dust. So what is next for you? I have, I have finished a draft of the next book. It has also got really hefty uh, influencers, social media, no reality, no reality TV in there, but influencers, social media, uh, how can we be happy themes? It's just right, right along those things. So that is with my editor. Yeah. So that is with my editor now. And I'm sort of noodling around a third book, which looks to be somewhat different. So that is kind of exciting. Um, I find that it just it takes me a while to find the story and to find the people. And this time I'm just recognizing that instead of thinking that I have it right away and starting to write and uh, plowing out a lot of words that don't end up being being on track for what I'm trying to do. So tell me about what you have read recently that you have fallen in love with and want the world to fall in love with, too. Oh, a total recent favorite of mine was The Other Bennett Sister. Uh, If you are a Pride and Prejudice fan, this is to me somebody. So I had read a a bunch of Pride and Prejudice um, modern retakes during the pandemic. I liked I think the familiarity of the plot along with then. But then I needed like, you know, the different. In fact, some of them had chefing and reality TV in them. Um, One was. Yes. Yeah. One was uh, Recipe for Persuasion was a great, this is Persuasion, obviously, and All Stirred Up. Those were a couple of really good ones. But those are like modern takes on actually the story Persuasion. Uh, The other Bennett story, or the other Bennett sister, is Mary Bennett's story. And it starts right before Pride and Prejudice starts. And the first third of it is like, it's like the Rosenstrantz and Kranz and Guildenstern story and the, you know, where they're in the background of a Hamlet movie. 
it's kind of like that. Every so oh, often okay. you're, you're with Mary and all these things are happening. And every sort of, so often you sort of pop out into the story of Pride and Prejudice. And Mary says one of the super annoying things that she says in that story. But now you know why. Now you know how much her parents and her sisters have messed her up and sort of turned her into this pr- prickly, prudish person and you love her and that's the first third and you see pride and prejudice play out and then it's like well what's going to happen to poor mary and she's um you know bouncing around amongst her sisters and amongst her and her aunt and all sorts of because uh, and anyway and then she gets her own very jane austen-esque story but with a slightly more modern and feminist feel to it which is i thought just glorious and satisfying i thought the author did a wonderful job of it I have heard such good things about that book. I have not read it yet, but it's it a great been holiday on my radar for a little bit. Yeah, I came out in oh, March, yes. so yes. you know, March was kind of a tough time. It, it certainly was. Yeah, it certainly was. And I think largely, like, still is in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you know, as things did not kind of bounce back to normal the way a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to say that there is, um, you were talking about Recipe for Persuasion, and there's actually a book that comes before that, which is more of the, um, like, reimagining of the Pride and Prejudice story, which is, um, what is it called? Pride and Prejudice and... Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. Yes, I like that one, too, very much. Those are both Sonali yes, Dev, and I'm a I real fan of well. her. She has a new one coming, I think, but not till spring. I think I saw that that was coming out either in the spring or the summer. Yeah. And that makes me very happy. I do love... I think she's just excellent. Yes, and I love um, how her books and some others use the the Jane Austen's stories to reflect on other cultures. I think that yes. Yeah, that's that's really amazing how those same pressures affect people who are in in such different you know, who are having different lives and different experiences. So I really I appreciate that and none of it is like a really like on point retelling. I mean, you could totally sit there and go, well, wait, there's no Lydia in this one or whatever. Um, and yet right. they, still, they still work and they work wonderfully. Another really excellent one is um, Unmarriageable by Sonia Kamal. Yes, I loved that which one. Which also kind of, yes, like yeah. turns the whole kind of Jane Austen thing a little bit on its head and kind of looks at it through the lens of kind of a super conservative culture. Yes, I love that one. And I also liked Aisha at last, which is another one. I think that, that one's persuasion too. Yes. And that one's about Canadian one Muslim immigrants. On my iPad currently. Oh, so good. Yes. Uh, in part because it gives you a look into not specifically, you know, Indian or Pakistani culture, but very specifically Muslim, like the religion and how that Yes, has the the same sort of uh, you know the the questions of of following it and then fitting in with the culture and being conservative. How those play out for these Canadian immigrants, and I think that one is really wonderful too. I love that there are so many. Thank you, Jane Austen, for uh, yes giving us this way of looking at so the world. I could 
I could sit here and I could talk with you about like retellings and Jane Austen for the rest of the afternoon, but I think your publicist might have some things to say to me if I did that. So I'm going to let you dash off to your next interview, but I just want to say before you go, congratulations on such a delightful, delightful first book. It was truly a pleasure to read and a pleasure to get to chat with you today. Oh, thank you so much. That is wonderful. And this was great. And I really appreciate it. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.